And we're all called and we're all uniquely equipped and there's no big big calling or little calling. There, there, there's effective calling. We want, we want to be effective in the thing that God has called us to do. If he called you to speak, speak, and you speak boldly, you speak confidently. If he called you to write, write. If he called you to coach, coach. But whatever we do, we got to do those things to the glory of God. And your testimony is not what you say. Your testimony is what people see. So when they watch you, when they're watching you from afar, is, is your testimony speaking to them and connecting with them? Or is your testimony not and if it's not that's a problem so understand that you are uniquely called you're uniquely gift be confident in the thing that God placed on the inside of you and no one understand that no matter where you go people are watching so we want to make sure that we're doing the things that God spoke to us to do at all times Hey, I'm Jacob Burson, the host of the Love Period podcast. This is a show about the stories of leaders, creators, groundbreakers, and pioneers who lead organizations who have a focus on improving the lives of others. These leaders at some point had to lift up their anchor and step out in faith, step out into the unknown to get them where they are today. On this episode, we are talking to Philip Edge. Philip is the executive pastor of Crossover Church ATL, located in Atlanta, Georgia. He's also a leader in personal and professional development, a keynote speaker, a husband, a father, and a fantastic motivator. His ability to connect to people from all different backgrounds and tax brackets is truly, it's a gift. His story about overcoming injury in high school and college football to pursuing his calls in life and how they changed and pivoted over time is one that I think you will really be able to connect to and hopefully relate to and enjoy. So join me in my chat with Philip Edge. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Love Period Podcast. Jacob Burson, I'm sitting here with Philip Edge. What's going on, brother? What's going on, Jacob, man? How you doing, man? Man, we're, like I said before, a minute ago, we started chatting, just holding it down in see Vegas right now. That's it. That's it. You know, I've never heard it referenced as see Vegas but 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 I like that. I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah, you'll see it. If you ride around Cartersville, some areas will be tagged, spray painted. See Vegas. I was just see in a Vegas. building the other day. I should have. I should have actually pulled, took a, taken a picture of it so people would know they'd see it. I love it. I love it. So just uh, to give people a little bit of a background, I met you in a in a press box at Darlington School, man. That's right. That's right. Broadcasting football games, you know, and I can. I've always said that the Darlington. My wife has said this too. The Darlington football broadcast, that play by play, was pretty dang good. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, it, it's amazing even thinking about that because I, I never even thought that we were quote unquote good. We were just really just being passionate about sharing and talking about football. And, and I'll tell you, um, when you have somebody like Steve and Gina Conrad who are who are right beside you, they make it so easy to have conversations. And man, I love that. I, I, I absolutely love just being being up there with them and, and, and chatting it out about football. Yeah. I, I'm not going to throw out which other ones that I have heard that are horrendous <laughs> well, <laughs> because they may know, listen but there are some right, other ones out right. there in some places in georgia people don't normally go to that yeah. i heard them i was like oh my goodness yeah you guys were great so that's where we met so that's how yeah. we got connected so all right man Small so we, world. we start out this podcast with a little bit of a rapid fire to get our um to get our our brain matter stretched out and loose and ready to go let's some do it dynamic stretching of the mind but they're not hard questions all right so philip Man, what was your first car? 
first car, uh, 91 baby blue Ford Escort hatchback. Mm. Speakers in it? Speakers in the back facing the window. So, you know, the back window. So they, they bounce off with 13 inch rims that stuck out just a little bit. And that's that. I'm dating myself. I'm dating. Well, myself. the Escort had the hatchback. It was easy to put the speaker boxes back there. The Escort was the thing, man. Like it I love that car. Did it have ground effects on it too? My, mine did have ground effects, but they were. It was the GT version of the ground effects. So it was the ones that came on the Ford, man. But but here here's my thing. Mine was baby blue, like sky blue, like North Carolina mm-hmm. blue. And on the bottom, I had a chrome piece that said, "I." See you looking. And to this day, my high school friends, man, they're like, I see you looking. I see you looking. <laughs> That's what my, my uh, I had a, a, I think it was a 91 Beretta. It was okay. red. Yep. Had speakers in the trunk. Yep. And I had an airbrushed, yeah. had an airbrushed tag that said J-Dog on it. Come on, man. So people we had people to could see that. me coming. People <laughs> could see me coming. Oh, man, that's great. Escort. All right. So tell us, what is a childhood moment where you were scared the most? If you want to share it. Um, scared the most. Um, oh my gosh. Um, there, there are so many moments. Uh, one, I, I do remember childhood uh, moment. Um, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. And since we're talking football, um, Louisville, Kentucky has one of the highest and biggest football, uh, high school football rivalries in the country. The Trinity Louisville training Louisville San X game. Um, I was playing in that game and I tore my ACL during that game in front of 35,000 or so people. And I'll never forget laying there and when, when the when the doctors and the EMTs and whatnot, they came out, I was like, I'm never going to be able to play football again. That was like, and you talk about fear, especially for somebody who, um, I mean, I've been playing football since I was six years old. I grew up around football. My dad gave me a football, like when I was born. So football was something that was extremely important to me. And being injured was something that was um, one of those things that I was I was deathly afraid of because We've seen, you know, we had seen instances where people would have an injury like that and not be able to play again. So um, not only was that um, a place where I was afraid and, and, and fearful, but that was also one of my, my greatest triumphs because that's really where God met me. And he hmm. really began speaking to me and saying, no, 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 I'm going to rebuild you bigger, faster, stronger, and I'm going to be with you. I just need you to walk with me. So Wow. And what grade were you in? Um, that was my junior year in high school. So did you come back and play the next year? Came back. Played the next year. We wound up winning a state championship my senior year. Um, I mean, a, amazing senior year. Um, you know, all different kinds of accolades and things like that. But God was faithful in what he said and that he did. Build, I was I was faster than I was before I got injured. You know, I was a little bit more quick. You know, the, the, all the things that he spoke to me that he was going to do, he did that. And that, wow. for me, that blew my mind. Man, man, that's awesome. See, this is supposed to be a rapid-fire segment, man. You just hit us with depth and knowledge and spiritual power in the first minute. Hey. So, and that's, I don't know what else else to say. All right, so on that same thread, though, who was your favorite athlete growing up? Um, Favorite athlete growing up, um, you know, I was a running back when when I was in my youth, high school and college. So, um, I love Barry Sanders. But my favorite, prime time, man. Oh, Deion Sanders, prime time, favorite of all time. Amazing. So many moments of like my childhood or growing up are, are identified like with athletes. And I can yeah. remember the first day that I called my future wife. Yeah. Was, 
Cowboys versus 49ers, Deion Sanders with the 49ers. Woo. They played that Sunday playoff game. Yeah. So I have, Deion Sanders is a milestone moment in my life, that, that game. Absolutely. Yeah, Deion Absolutely. Sanders. Yeah, that's stuff that sets the tone for life right there. See, people are like, what's the big deal about athletes? Why could you have a favorite? Man, moments in life are set on that. So Correct, correct, correct. All right. What's um, – do you guys have pets? We do. We do have pets. We do. All right. So how do you pick your pets' names? Um, <laughs> my, my children typically pick the pets' names. Uh, <laughs> just being honest. But uh, here, here's a funny thing. Um, so we, we have a Dotson, a mini Dotson. And when we got her, she was my dog. So I actually picked her name. And her name is Lola Bell because she needed a prissy name, if you will, because she was real small and petite. And um, my, my children do remind me of this, especially when I tell them, hey, I need you to take the dog out. They say, but it's your dog, remember? So, uh. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. Lola Bell. We got Lola, Lola Bell. Bell. She's got to be. We got to see what she thinks about things on here, too. That's it. All right, man. Um, are you a reader? Do you read? I am. I am. All right. I'm an avid reader. Well, if, is there a particular book, or maybe it's a book that you that's kind of recent to you, or if there's one that you recommend to people the most? Um, and I know sometimes that can change, but what's what you got on your I, look, mind? Look, I, I had to turn around because it's right behind me. This, this book right here, Turkeys and Eagles by Peter Lord. This, this is the book that I will, I read this probably twice a year at least. Um, if anybody asks me about a book, this is the one that I'm going on Amazon. I'm finding this and I'm shipping this out to people's houses. Uh, Turkeys and Eagles, Peter Lord. It's about how we were meant to fly as eagles. And if, we, if we're meant to do that, we've got to stop hanging around turkeys sometimes and mm. stop doing what turkeys do. This, oh my gosh, that Ooh. thing right there is the real deal. Ooh, we'll tell y'all, y'all, you're going to have to listen to this whole podcast today. <laughs> we're getting fire already. Listen, that thing already. I've I've never even heard of that book, but I can already tell. It's it's the real. I gotta get it. I can already tell. Yes, you you need it in your arsenal. It will change the way you look at things. Okay, I'll take a look at that. Turkeys and eagles, Peter Lord. I got it. All right, man. So this is where we take a shift in the podcast. So the Love Period Podcast. We speak to people who have, at some point in your life, taken a step of faith out, um, out into the unknown to pursue something that is bigger than yourself or you may think is bigger than yourself. So if you would tell us a story or maybe it's stories about um, taking that leap of faith into the unknown um, that led you a little bit to where you are today. Yeah. Um, I, 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 let me rewind just a little bit and talk about that experience on, on the football field there, because uh, for me, I think that was a monumental experience for me. Um, I grew up in the church. My, my grandfather was a pastor um, my, my parents, you know, I was a drug baby, so they drug me along to church. Um, but at that point in time, especially in, in my adolescence and in, in those early teen formative years, um, I, I was really in church all the time, but I didn't have my own personal relationship with, with, with Christ. And for me, um, when I got injured, it allowed me to really stand on my own feet in my own relationship with my own conversation, speaking to God, hearing from God, um, understanding really from a purpose perspective what he wanted from me in, in, in my life. And, you know, I always thought I was going to be a football player. I was going to be a professional football player. That's what I wanted to do. 
But God said, no, that was really just preparation to position you so that you can really be my vessel. And that's what I want. Football is a tool, but I want to use you. And um, that was something that was honestly just being honest. It was it was a hard pill to swallow because all I knew was football. Right. That's all I knew. But as he repositioned me um, and, and began really discipling me. Um, you know, it, it pushed me to different places, you know, getting involved more with, with the youth in church, getting involved more with, you know, fellowship of Christian athletes, understanding what that really looks like and, and what that meant. Now, the other thing I, I didn't tell you, Jake, was four years later in college on the same exact day, I tore my other ACL. And, and, at, and at that point in time, you know, again, it was like surreal because I went back to my junior year in high school and it was like the Lord was speaking to me again, saying, you know, I told you, if you play for me, you can play and go as far as you want to go. But the moment you start playing for you, which that's what happened, you know, I, it, it, it's almost like once I once I was clean, once I got right, once I, you know, spiritually, I, I felt strong. Then I began going downhill and football became a God to me again. And my head began getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. until the Lord said, I, I, I need to humble you again, son. So it literally was the same exact day. Four years later, I, I tore my opposite ACL and uh, uh. began this process again. But had none of those happened, I would not have gone into the journey that I went, which that led me into really um, ultimately probably that was my junior year in college. So um, that was 98, 2003. My wife and I were lead pastors of a church. Had those instances never happened, we would not have stepped out on faith because I just I, I, I really believe God had to get my attention. And, and he did that through sports, something that I was very familiar with. Yes, man, you covered a, a lot of things that kind of happened right there. What I'm interesting, what's interesting is. Is the is the wisdom that you had at a young age in that moment of injury, even in high school? Yeah, to to hear God's voice. Um which speaks a lot to who you are, but also it, it kind of drives the question of, and I, I know it was your granddad was a part of that. Who were the, who were the voices in your life that kind of tilled that soil for you yeah. to be able to respond like that? Yeah, well, and, and there, there are three. Uh, first of all, you know, my, my parents, obviously, um, my, my parents, uh, obviously they, they prayed a lot for your guy right here. You know what I mean? Um, so my, my, my dad and my mom, I mean, they're, they're like, I mean, not only are their parents, they're like my best friends. I mean, like literally I talk to them every single day. And if I don't, something's wrong somewhere. Somebody's calling and saying, hey, you good, right? So, so they're, they're extremely influential in my life. My grandfather, um, my, my grandfather, oh my gosh, he, he was one of the most influential people, period, on my life. And um, one, one instance, um, I remember when, when my grandfather, he was, um, you know, he was on a deathbed. And, um, you know, they kind of called the family in and I had a moment with my grandfather um, right after, you know, all this whole crazy thing happened um, the first time. And, and I'm there with my grandfather. And at this time, and, and you got to you got to see this, Jacob, he, he was blind, so he couldn't he couldn't see. So when I walked into the room, I, I said, I said, hey, Papa, he, he, he said, hey. He said, he said, who is who is this? So like, I, I remember it. And, he, and I said, I said, Papa, I said, it's Philip. And he says, ooh, he's from South Carolina. So, you know, he has a little country process. He says, ooh, he says, son, I, I see it on you. I see that glow on you. I, I see it, son. And, and he's just started praying right there. 
And literally when I left that room, something shifted in my life. And I, you know, again, being young, I'm like, something just happened that was real weird that was, I don't know what happened, but something happened at that moment. And I shared it with my parents and I shared it with my, my, my grandmother. And, you know, they, 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 they have all, you know, all my life said, you know, there, there's something about you. You got, you know, you know, all the things that, you, that we hear um, sometimes growing up. So I'd heard that stuff, but that moment right there was, was critical for me. And it's literally catapulted me into where we are today. Um, you know, planning churches, you know, serving in churches, doing the things that we do. I really believe that moment was the, the, the thing that, that solidified all the other stuff that was happening. Man, that's, it's awesome. Uh, I think that's something we all need to remember is how important it is uh, to pour into people's lives who are around us. Yeah. Um, and how grateful, and I know you're grateful, you're grateful for those people who, who brought you along, along yeah. the way and speaking those words of encouragement. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, is something that, I mean, it's something that you do, man. I mean, yeah. um, you know, I, 2003, how old were you? 2003, we're about the same age. What class were you yeah. in high school? 95. Man. Oh yeah, me too. So we're the yeah. same age. So, yeah. So you were on a, on a, on a journey to, to start and, and begin into pastoring yeah. really early, man. Um, yeah. so tell me a little bit about that, about that that initial, that first call. Um, and I, and then we can get into like yeah. where that's led you to today, but that just that first piece. I, I, honestly, I, I, again, when we were, um, my wife and I, we're not from Georgia. Um, we claim Louisville, Kentucky. My, my, my wife's family is from Louisville, Kentucky. My dad uh, being in the military, he retired in Louisville, Kentucky. So my parents are still there. That that's home. But, um, when my wife and I, we were, um, we were there in Louisville and, you know, we had been praying. We, we both obviously were, were, um, really into church by, by this time. Right. So we're, we're both in there, you know, we had gotten baptized on the same day, like, like we were, we were in there and um, literally we believed that, that we sense a voice of the Lord saying, you know, he was going to, to move us and we, we were going to move and we were going to start a work. And this, this is what we heard. And, and I didn't say anything to her. She heard the same thing. We're like, okay, what does that look like? And, and that obviously that's extremely scary because we've never done anything like this before. Right. And especially like, like we, it wasn't like we were around church planners. Like, so nobody that we were around had ever done anything like that before. Um, long story short, Jacob, um, you know, my wife and I, as we prayed, we heard Georgia. We didn't necessarily know where in Georgia. And I did like most people would do. I said, Lord, if this is you, you're going to have to give me a sign. Right. I mean, this, this is this what we do. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm just being honest. So um, literally, um, I had an opportunity for a job, Jacob, and, and I, I wound up getting this job. And it was, you know, being on the road, being in, in, in um, uh, training and development for a large company. And the guy says, the guy says, the only thing about this job is you have to live in Georgia. There was. I, I was like, I was like, what? You mean like I, I got to move to Georgia? Like he, he thought I was like frustrated about having to move to Georgia, but I was, my mind was blown because, you know, I had gone to the Lord and said, Lord, you're going to have to get, you're going to have to show me. And that, that's kind of how we made this transition here to Georgia, knowing that we we're going to start a work, not knowing what that would look like, not knowing how, but just having faith and trust in God. Man, here's what's so many things awesome about that story. But here's one thing that I, and this is 100% of the people we talk to. Yeah. This is the, this is the same, it's the same type of story in that. You, the burning bush was a 
was a secular, if that word even exists, yeah. was a was a job, was a corporate job right. that you still right. that you you were a tent maker. You yeah. didn't go, hey man, I need to go hundred percent full time right plant a church. Right. I, I'm going to be wise in this call yes. to pursue the job. And I think sometimes a lot of us you know, I, I was guilty of that too, is we kind of think that we're going to jump into something and everything's going to be sunshine and rainbows right out of the gate. Yeah. And if God is calling me to it, then he's going to provide me for it a hundred percent full time. Mm-hmm. Um, so sh- just share with me a little bit about your, just your thought process at that time of going for the oh. corporate job and then while pursuing a call that's bigger. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm going to say this. Uh, my, my philosophy is that, um, especially when we are in the body of Christ, we're all ministers of the gospel, right? And and your your vocation um, does not uh, does not disqualify your assignment. Okay. So so by that I mean if if you are bivocational and you're in 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 the marketplace, that's part of your assignment. If you're full time in the ministry. Uh, aspect meaning that's your that's your full time assignment. Well, great, that's your full time assignment. But no matter how we look at it, we're still in the business of people. We're still in the business of ministering to people. We're still in the business of of encouraging and edifying and lifting people up. So no matter where we go, we got to know and understand that that's what Christ did. And if we are His ambassadors, then we have to be in that business as well. Um, being very honest about it. Um, you know, even when I was in the secular realm, if you will, and all secular means outside of the church, right? So, yeah. so when I was working outside of the church in my mind, I would always say things initially like, well, God, when are you going to make me full time? But the Lord had to show me, no, this this is full time because you're on assignment. And honestly, man, there, there were so many people, Jacob, that the Lord had a word for. And, and, and literally, the time would always show itself at the right time and people would get what they needed. And the Lord is like, see, if you were somewhere else, they would not have been able to receive this. He's like, son, I just need you to be obedient and in being obedient, everything else will happen. Now, I, I think um, the, the semantics of it, it, it looks real pretty for a lot of people. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm pastor. So-and-so I'm the lead pastor of this church. And that's, it looks really pretty, but at the end of the day, it's not about looks. It's about being effective in, in the ministry and effective in the call. And we got it. We just have to wrap our minds around what that is and what that looks like. Man, it just, you, you put those words together so well. Of, for some reason we have, we have put that lead pastor role as varsity Christianity, yeah. for whatever reason. And it's not because of the lead pastors have said anything that elevate Correct. them above It's for some reason we absorb it as, what I do for a living is not ministry when right. it actually is. Like you said, it's your assignment to where you are, man. I just, uh, if we could figure out a way to keep con- communicating that message to people so that people can, can feel that what they're doing is their calling. Right. And not be depressed in that, but to see that as right. an assignment, man, right. how do we, what, we got to figure out how to put that in a boil that up in a, you know, somehow a recipe book, something, man. It, you know, I, I think a lot of that is, is just, is, is, it really comes down to, to teaching, you know, and, and allowing people to understand what, what that is and, and what that looks like. Right. 
you know, when we think of like Ephesians 4, right, that whole Ephesians 4 model, you know, Christ gives us a picture. He says, you know, and he gave some, right, to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers, but he doesn't stop there. He goes because he tells us why he's giving these assignments, right? Why is he giving these people? And he says, it's to equip the saints for the work of ministry and to build up the body of Christ until we reach unity in the faith and knowledge of God's son. So, so we have to understand that no matter where we go, that still applies. So you're, you're an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher, no matter where you go. And I think many times if, if we can help people to understand that methodology, as opposed to, you know, you're a minister, if you're in a, church mm. but we, we we mess that up because <laughs> check what is the church right i i, I think I, I mean there's so many things hey, right, right yeah especially right now especially right, right now we're having our eyes kind of being being shook right now of we're having to redefine that and correct and we're having to come to terms of is god losing right now and i think we all know no he's not he's so not he's not, he's not losing right so if what our idea of was of church is it was wrapped up in what we would typically say a church is in a building that we would be in trouble right now if that was all we could define it as. That's right. And, and, and so many people for so long and hear me, our identity has been found inside of that building. Yeah. And I'm just being very honest. You know, it, it, it was almost like a badge of honor to be able to say, I attend this place or I attend that place. Right. It's like a, this badge that people wear. And the truth of the matter is God is speaking to us and he's saying, look, you are my church. And no matter where you go, you can have church. The Bible speaks to us and, and, he, and he says very clearly, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be in the midst. So wherever his presence is, that's church. We're having church right now. Right. And, and, and so church is bigger than a building. Now, don't get me wrong. He also says, don't forsake the assembling of brethren. Right. He also loves the church. That's his bride. So we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We, but we do want to understand that the way I look at it, and, and this is the way that, that we teach it um, at, at Crossover Church, we say we are a battleship. And we have to look at our ministry as a battleship, not a cruise ship. Yeah. With the cruise ship, people that you go, you're going to get pampered on a cruise ship. You're going to eat, get big. Lay out, get sun, go on excursions, have a good time. No, on a battleship, shoot, you're going on that battleship on an assignment. You have a specific place to play. If you're driving, you better drive. You, you can't go try to play somebody else's position because if you do that, we might wreck the ship. So you got to play your position. So anytime the battleship leaves harbor or leaves port, they're on an assignment and they're not going to return until the assignment is done. What could happen if we as the church took that mentality and said, yeah, we're, we're going into port, into the church right now. But guess what? As soon as service is over, we're leaving out on mission and we're not going to return back to get resources, to get filled back up until we're done with the mission. What if we took that mentality? Mm. I believe it could change a lot. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's such a great metaphor, man. It's, um, and it's something that we're kind of being forced into right now. We're yeah. being forced to make those kind of decisions and choices and make this massive pivot on a scale that we've never seen. And I hope a lot of us are able to make that, that same, that mental, that mental shift. Yes. Um, 
because this thing isn't over. You know, we have, this is going to keep stretching out and the people, the people who are positioned to make that shift, they're going to be, uh, they're going to be setting an example. You guys are doing a great job there. So it's something that I, I kind of know a little bit about your story yep. of planting the church in 2003. Yep. Have you been a lead pastor from 2003 till now? So a lead pastor from 2003 to 2012. Um, 2012, um, my wife and I, we heard the voice of the Lord. Um, he was doing something amazing in our lives, and it did not make sense to our eyes. But um, 2012, we, we, we stepped back. Um, and, and literally we, we basically went and sat under our lead, our lead pastor in, in Rome, Georgia for, for several years, um, about two years ago. So this is 2023 years ago, 2017, um, we began the process of transitioning out, um, taking, a, a, another role as the executive pastors for crossover church Atlanta. Um, and we had been sitting for a while and we knew that it was time and, and the Lord spoke and confirmed it. And, um, we we're now at Crossover Atlanta, Crossover Church Atlanta. And um, man, we're serving as the executive pastors, which is a totally different role, but it's all about strategy. It's all about putting the infrastructure together of a a church plant. It's all about helping that church plant have have its identity that, that the Lord gave it and then being able to pour into the people and developing them so that they can literally go out and as I said earlier, be, be that battleship. So um, different role, but uh, uh, equally fulfilling, if, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, that's kind of, that's the reason why I ask that question. So I kind of know the trajectory um, and it gives that because the, I guess the predictable thing would be to say that you had arrived in 2003 as a lead oh, pastor. Yeah. And all oh, that yeah. that means is every role from this point forward is a, obviously if that's varsity, yeah. You've got to keep being the, the filling the lead pastor role. And it kind of speaks to shifting. Right. Of, of if you're obedient into what God's call is for your life, it's not always going to look what the world may say as, as an elevated position. I mean, we, I, I know that you, that we kind of get that the yeah. roles are all equal, but it's just, it's having the wisdom to know that things can change from what we predict and to be obedient to hear what God's calling to and stepping into that, man, that's, that's an awesome, that's an awesome testimony um, to hear. So, and I, that's what I want to think that I want to maybe hear a little bit more about is in 2012, yeah. when you guys decided to step away from that position, was there any kind of feeling of loss at that time? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, not, it was loss. It was, I mean, grief, there, there were all of those things because and I'm just being honest. Um, your entire identity, if you will, many times becomes wrapped up in what you do. Right. So, so even for us, even though you try, you're like, no, no, the truth of the matter is you, there, there was something about, man, I'm, I'm, I'm the lead pastor of, you know, impact church of Rome, man, that, that, that's who I am. And so when you get out of that role, it was grief. I mean, these were people that we loved. These were people that we poured into. I mean, oh my gosh. And it was hard. It was a hard adjustment for myself. It was a difficult adjustment for my wife. It was a hard adjustment for my children. You know, it, it really, really was. And it, it, it probably took, I would say a good year, year and a half, um, just to, to get healed from all the the anguish that you go through in that, because for me, and I'm just being very honest and transparent with, with, with this podcast, it was almost as if you lost value or you messed 
up. And, and the Lord had to continue to remind me. He says, son, that this is not because of anything that you did. This is truly because I'm trying to catapult you to a whole different place and a whole different trajectory, right? Because because it, it, this is a funny story. But I, I remember when initially we heard the voice of the Lord speaking to us that, you know, we're, we're going to be doing something different. I, I smiled because I, I know my Bible. And I said, okay, well, great. I'm sure that he's going to provide a ram in the bush somewhere. All right, no problem. So we, we're going to keep on walking. Yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to transition. But there's a ram in the bush coming somewhere. And my secret prayers were, God, when are you going to show the ram in the bush? But I got to the point, Jacob, where it was like, what happens when you're following the voice of the Lord and the ram doesn't show up? Well, what do you do then? And at that moment, the only thing that I could stand on was his word. And his word was, I will never leave you nor forsake you, right? So, so if when I heard that word, I said, okay, God, if this is what you said, I'm trusting you. And we stepped out, man, and it was the hardest thing we had ever done. I'll never forget the day, the last day we shut those, it was hard because the next week we were literally in, you know, my pastor's church sitting there like, whoa, what do we do? And that's real. Man, that's, um, this is just, this podcast ain't even for nobody else. That's just for me. Amen. That's, that's what that was. I think that's one of those things because we, we skipped over, you know, we went before 2003, 2012, and then we hopped right into 2017. And we didn't yep. even, that really hits on what that season was like. And we forget a lot of times that when we pursue a calling of how difficult it is, <sighs> along the way, you know, a lot of folks, if they were to just know you at crossover church right now, mm-hmm. if, if they don't know the whole story, they may see that as where you are and not realize how long and what all happened to get to that point today. Um, Process, man, man, Process. That's, yeah, it's, I, I just, I wish, I wish we could always kind of remember that the Ram in the bush is not always going to be there quickly, that there's right. going to be seasons where it right. just feels, feels like a loss. Well, yeah. The cool thing is, though, even though it feels like a loss, and you said it earlier, we we never lose. So, so we just have to keep that perspective. It's hard to do, but if we know and understand that, you know, we serve a God who is never lost, and it is not His choice, and He doesn't want us to lose either as His kids. So I'm like, okay, God, we got it. Let's go. All right. So as executive pa- pastor at, at Crossover Church. Are you doing that full time? So, I, I well, y- y- let me say it this way: Yes, I'm doing that full time. That's you know now, what I'm saying. The, the, now, now, now the the question the question is, and where you're getting at, um, I have made several revenue streams. Let, let me let me say that way. Let me say it that way, right? So there are several revenue streams that over time the Lord has blessed my wife and I with, and and that that is that's a beautiful, beautiful thing um, to be able to have several revenue streams and not necessarily have to be dependent upon the church revenue stream. So, so for me, and I'm just being honest, for me, it, it, it puts me in this humble place to where I'm doing what I do because I know the Lord spoke to me to do that, as opposed to I'm doing what I'm doing because I know I got to put food on the table. That makes sense. Yeah. And again, no, no, no shade or no knock anywhere else. Um, the Lord has just blessed 
blessed me to be able to, you know, have some additional things. So, you know, outside consulting, you know, working with Edge and Associates, um, you know, working and doing, you know, just all different kinds of things out, out, right. out and about. Um, yeah. In addition to being able to serve full time with Crossover ATL. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that, I, the, the, the use of the word full time um, is not is accurate because, yes, it's full time. But yeah. you're bivocational, tri-vocational, quad-vocational. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it allows for the church to have somebody as qualified as you are in that position uh, and be that, be able to have, take that battleship mentality um, because, and you know this, unfortunately, the battleship mentality doesn't always attract a lot of people. You, you, um, and you stand the truth. You're saying yeah. the truth. Yeah. <laughs> You're saying the truth, right? Yeah. So so knowing that and, and and understanding that, you know, that battleship mentality doesn't always attract, you know. Um I, I really believe God has a way of positioning the right people where where they need to be. And um at Crossover ATL, you know, I know he he's done a lot of that. Um, you know, we were fortunate, man. I mean, God God did some amazing things there because uh, you got to remember this is a church plant, right? So, so we went from this, um, this, this parachurch ministry called city takers, which, you know, um, had been going on for 10 plus years, um, where, you know, they were out ministering to the people that, you know, they had a once a month event called city takers experience. Um, so we went from that to having a need for a church and, and Jacob, September 29th, when we launched, we had probably 500 people at the launch. Hmm. So I'd never seen anything quite like that before, though. I'm like, God, how how in the world do you like how do you how do you do that? So we when we launch, we launched big early and um, God has been able to sustain us even through this covid season. You know, we're still growing, even yeah. though we're, we've had to pivot and do virtual. We're, we're still seeing the numbers of people who are really coming in, finding the Lord. We're watching that grow and it's blown our minds. So was City Takers kind of like a a a an original piece to cross over or two totally separate? So so, so literally um Pastor Scott Free um started City Takers about 10 years ago as a parachurch ministry from Mount Perrin Church of God, right? Um down in Atlanta. And they, it was an outreach ministry. So they did several things. Um, you know, they fed the homeless, they went to the jails, um, but they also utilized hip hop to minister to, to people, especially young adults. And um, what would happen when they would have the city taker experience, there would be all these people who would find the Lord. So we would say things like, go ahead, find you a good church home. And so people would go out and try to find a church home, but they couldn't find anything quite like where they found Christ at, yeah, right? Yeah. So because of that, they, they kept on coming back to city takers and they started saying, this is my church. And we would say, no, this is not a church. This is this is a parachurch. This is an event. You find a good church. So after that happened so many times, the Lord really began pressing Pastor Scott to say, we, we, we need a church. And so a church was, there was a need for a church birth from the outreach and ministry that was happening. Man, I was going to interrupt you and say, yeah, yeah, you did have a church. We did. That's, we that's did. Was, but we but did. What, but this kind of, leads to something else we talk about a lot here is God kind of calls you to something you're already doing. 
and you guys were kind of already, it was a great way to plan a church because oh, it was yeah. a, started as a ministry. Um, exactly. So, yeah, that was, the, you guys had planted the seed. God said, all right, now it's time. Right. Um, and that's one thing I'd like to talk about with Crossover ATL is, I mean, I could already tell with the, the with the city takers, y'all had that hip hop kind of approach. Yeah. Um, so a church based on, you, you tell me, you tell me crossover. So, I want to hear about it. So, so crossover is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church that uses hip hop, hip hop influences to influence and impact the culture. That that's really what we are. Right. Um, why hip hop? Well, Hip hop has been a, a music genre that has impacted the entire world. You can go to Germany, you can go to Japan, you can go to Russia, you can go to Africa. And people have been influenced and impacted by, by hip hop. So what we do, we use the five elements of hip hop as a bridge to bring people in. So literally, when you come to our church on a Sunday, um, we will have a live DJ, DJ Radical, on the stage. Like that in and of itself is blasphemous. <gasps> a DJ on the stage, right? We will literally have live hip hop artists who in the midst of praise and worship may rap, <gasps> blasphemous, right? Um, we're very much jeans and t-shirts and Jordans, <gasps> blasphemous, right? Because, because this is all a part of, of the culture. But the amazing thing is we're getting people who you probably would not normally see in church, right? Young and old alike. I mean, this is not like this. It's not just teenagers. I mean, we got a lot of 40, 50s, you know, you know in, in the church because they, they can identify with the culture. Hip hop's been around a long time. It has. People That's, forget that, though. They, People forget. Hey, I'm not saying we're <laughs> old, but, but we're not young either. We're not and, spring chickens. No, <laughs> so, I mean, it's been around a long time. And, and just the, the things that, that you're saying about, you know, the blasphemous things of, yeah. of DJ people were saying the same thing. Somebody said that about a piano You're at right. some point. You're right. Somebody said that we still, there's still some loose societies that'll say that about drum kits today. You're right. You're right. Um, it's just a natural, it's a natural progression of the church to be able to reach the community in that way. Um, and I just don't, I don't know that we've, it feels like we're still behind. It feels well, like I don't feels like I don't see enough of those. I, I, um, and I'm being yeah. honest. I, I think the church can can learn a lot from the standpoint of being able to be culturally relevant. Um, you know, for example, I'll just give you one simple thing that, that we as a church strive to do. Um, we strive very hard not to use what we call church and ease inside of our church building. Right. There, there are certain phrases and words that we use um, that a lot of the people who we have coming in, they're looking they're like, what are they talking about? Like, like I remember growing up, you would hear, we would hear things like the doors of the church are open and people are like, what what doors? Are, oh, what are you talking about? You know, so, so we, we really try to make certain that even when we speak, we speak in a language that the culture that we're ministering to can can understand. It's no different than if I if I go to you know France right now, um, I'm not going to speak English if the predominant language is French. 
I'm going to speak that language. If I go to Brazil, I'm going to speak Spanish because that's the language of the culture, right? And in the same, in the same context here in the United States, we have to make sure that we're speaking a language that our people, whatever that demographic is, that they hear and that they understand. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's um, it's one of the phrases that I that I'll use is taking the cookies off the top shelf mm. and putting them down there where people can can get to can get them can get to them and it can enjoy what we're enjoying because of the benefit that we've had because we've been in it. Maybe uh-huh. we grew up in church. So things kind of make sense to us. Um, mm-hmm. and we're 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 living in a culture right now that we're two or three generations removed from people. You know, we have now have grandparents who didn't grow up in church. You're right. So they raised kids that never do church, and now their children have never grown up in church. So a lot of the things we take for granted, they just don't even have any. They don't, you know. We're speaking, like I said, Christianese. It's just yep. hard to hard to connect. Yeah, you um, know the 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 other piece for for us that's very important is that we have a multi ethnic church. Um, you know, Martin Luther King said a long time ago that Sunday is the most segregated day of the week. Um, and in many places, it really still is in 2020 the most segregated hour. Of, of the week. So we, we are very intentional to create multi-ethnic experiences. We're very intentional to create a multi-ethnic leadership because at the end of the day, if you don't, if people, and I'm just talking human language, if people don't see people that they can connect with, they're in their minds, they're, even though the sign says all people are welcome, they read something totally different. So we, we're, we've tried to be very intentional but the culture that we speak to uh, affords us that opportunity to be able to do that as well. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's as simple. You're only going, you can only be as diverse as your leadership. Correct. Um, and I, I don't know that it really matters even what music you, you sing. It, it so if, if you're not diverse as leadership, you're not, you can't be diverse uh, within your church. Um, you need to be at least as diverse as the community that you live in. Well, and, and I, th- I think that's the key piece, right? You, you want to look at the, the community that you are serving and you definitely, from a, from a, from a ministry perspective, definitely want to mirror that, right? Um, if you are, again, it, it, it will entice people to be drawn to, to the good news that you have in there, right? Right. Um, you know, because they see people and they can, they can relate. Um, yeah, and I, that's, I mean, we're speaking right to the issue that we're in right now. Just yeah. the... I mean, just the, the racial tension that we yeah. have going on right now. Yeah. With if we're breaking that, if we're breaking that barrier down on Sundays, mm-hmm. then we as the church can be. There's a lot of people right now that are that are complaining about the church not being considered essential. Yeah. We would be considered essential if we were impactful enough to the community to where local governments felt like we've got to have the church involved. And we can get to that place when we start breaking those, breaking those barriers down yeah, you're right. and being connected and tight with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes mm-hmm. those hard conversations that need to be had right now um, able to be had. I heard Pastor Scott say this, <clears throat> and we really use it as one of our mantras. He says, it's going to take a united church to heal a divided world. And, and I truly believe that, um, you know, especially the, the body of Christ. Um, you know, there are things that, that, that make us different and guess what? Diversity is good. You know, there's nothing wrong with being different, right? We, we think different is bad. No, there's nothing wrong with being different. There, there are uniqueness that only uniquenesses that only God created. 
However, in those uniquenesses, let's let's leverage those things, right? Let let's let's maximize them. Let's use that as a strength and come together as, as a true church because I really believe that the church is the only entity in this world who has what it needs to be able to to heal this world. I mean, if if you think about it, you think about the Red Cross. Where'd the Red Cross come from? Parachurch ministry. You think about the Boys and Girls Clubs, the the, the YMCA's, the, all of these things came from out of the, the church. What could happen if all of the things that we've done to, that went outside of the church, what could happen if the church stood up and started doing those things again? Man, we could change people's lives. Yeah, man. Yeah, you preaching to the choir. Um, but I think God's got us on that track. I think right yeah. now, I think this season that we're all in right now is not coincidental. Nope. All of us churches having to figure out how to pivot, forcing us to make decisions that we probably wouldn't have made otherwise. Um, God's not losing. He's got us going in a different direction. Amen. So but, um, one of the, so we got crossover church. Yep. You, you mentioned edge and associates. Um, are you still doing the touring, doing any speaking or anything? So I, I am still doing that. You know, you, you, you always got to keep, keep that open. Right. So um, I'm still doing some of that going around speaking, um, you know, do, doing that kind of thing. I'm also just doing some consulting work and um, man, you know, at the end of the day, man, I'm, I'm a servant and I, I try to help winners win. That's wow. it. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Yeah. That's, um, I mean, that's just kind of one of those things of, of investing in your skills and talents. Um, in the pursuit of your call, God, God wired you uniquely to be you. Yeah. Don't try to be, I can't try to be Philip. Nope. Um, nope. but, um, it's just, it's inspiring to watch you, um, pursue what God's calling you to do and, and have just the confidence, um, in God, but also the confidence to pursue exactly who you are. Um, I just, I mean, I like watching, I just, I mean, I'd mentioned it earlier that just going to your Instagram feed and, reading your quotes. I'm like, we could have just read your quotes here for the next 10, 15 minutes. So that would be, <laughs> that would be enough. Um, oh, man. You, you know, you know, I, I will say this, Jacob. Um, it, it's amazing how God is always working in us, right? Whether we realize it or not, he's always working in us. You know, I remember, you know, 18, 19 years ago when I started my journey, um, you know, all I wanted to do was coach college football. That, that was all I wanted to do. So I was a ninth and 10th grade English teacher. Um, but who would have ever thought that all of those skills from teaching to education to um, communication skills to speaking skills would lead me to the place that I am right now? And the thing that all of us, even those people listening to, to this podcast, need to know and understand is that there are seeds that God is planting in you that are going to mature at some point in time. And the cool thing is that when they mature, um, you, you will be excited about them and you will be able to, 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 to see them and use them, but they're really not for you. And that, that's the thing that I had to learn. Like, like the gift that he's placed inside of me or the gift that he's placed inside of you, it's, it's, you get the benefit, but it's, it's not necessarily for you. So mm-hmm. when, when I realized that and I just said, okay, God, how, how can I serve people? How can I share this gift with, with people? How can I, how can I give it to them? You know, like like those those uh, posts that you see, nine times out of ten, it's literally just something that the Lord speaks, and I'm like, okay, boom, and we go. It, I don't plan them. Every morning, I just get up and it's like, okay, in my, in my prayer time, I'm like, okay, God, what do you want me to say? Boom, 
And I can go look and I, I look, it was probably a couple weeks ago, but I went, and I was like, oh my gosh, there are a whole bunch of these things. Where did they come from? You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm yeah. going back and reading them. I'm motivating myself again. Yeah, yeah, but, that's but that's what he does. Yeah. It's that, it's that COVID has us all. We're, we're, we're doing so much now. We forget what we've done because COVID's got us kind of sitting and trying to think of new ideas. I'm telling you. Yeah. So um, how, how, how much of this process have, have you and your wife worked together um, in each stop? Have y'all always worked together? I mean, has she always kind of been there, been there with you? Just tell us a little bit about that. So my, my, my wife um, has been a nonprofit professional um, pretty much our entire marriage. We've been married 20 years. Um, she, she has had a, a, a small pivot. Um, and for six, seven years, she worked for our sheriff's department here in Floyd County. So she got a totally different perspective working with the sheriff's department, as, as did I. Um, and she has since gone back into nonprofit leadership. Uh, I think it's been a little bit over a year. Now, um, so when when we when the Lord spoke to us, you know, um, that it was time to leave the church, um, one of the things that he had began speaking to me about was, you know, this this business, right? Edge and Associates. What does this look like? And I didn't understand that. I didn't know what that looked like. And just being very honest, I was out there trying to do it myself and trying to figure it out. And the Lord had to show me. He says, um, he says, son everything that you're looking for, you do know that I've already uniquely equipped your wife with those, that skill set and those tools. And so I had to humble myself, if you will, and say, hey, 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 babe, can you help me with this? And, and my wife said one day, she says, you know, I was, I've been praying and I was wondering when you were going to ask me to be a part. Mm. And in the moment that we came together and allowed our gifts to complement each other and to cover each other, that's really where we've seen what God was doing in us collectively go through the roof. Yeah, man, it's, um, it's a, it's a, it's awesome to hear that it wasn't always assumed, right? Mm-hmm. Like, again, if people take that snapshot of you guys right now, they'll think, oh, well, they've always been, no. they've always been teamed up working together right out of the gate from the beginning. And it's it just another thing that's just why you're, why I've really, I'm grateful that you're sharing your story with us is that your story is another one where we're hearing constant pivots, constant, mm-hmm. constant, um, not, not continue, not unhealthy changes, but right. always being open to hearing what God has to say yeah. and then being responsive in that. Not that the burning bush is there every time, but I think it's something that's tough for us to remember because in our mindset, I think we, some of us tend to think that, we go to the 30 year thing right out of the gate and we do that thing for 30 years. Right. Right. And, and honestly that, that happens for some people, you know, right, and, right. and praise God for that. But I think the thing that I, I'm hearing you say is we have to be open to listen and hear God. And, and honestly, if, if I could say anything to any person listening, I would say just that, like be open to listen and hear the voice of God. Because one thing that we have to know is that God is always speaking. He's always speaking. The, the, the issue is, are we listening? Right. That's the key, because he's always speaking. And when he speaks, he will stand and he will. I mean, come on. This yeah. is what he does. He's not yeah. going to change what he said. But are we listening? So we have to be attentive and receptive and then be obedient to the things that, that God speaks. Wow, man. 
man, that's, it's all it's all good stuff. I've got all these notes written down. My 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 papers red ink. It looks like I bled all over it. Um, man, it's just uh, thinking about the work that you guys are doing. Thinking about taking the step and the risk into hip hop church that wound up opening up with five hundred people on opening yeah. day. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what that next pivot is. Uh, when you guys start launching satellite campuses of the hip hop church and where those wind up, man, it's um, it's hard to communicate that to people that that is absolutely the future of a lot of congregations, yeah. and that they will look in ways that we've never seen them before. So, man, we I appreciate that obedience, amen, um, and pushing us in that direction. I mean, you kind of said it right there. If you had to tell folks, I want to ask you to do another one because you just yeah. gave us yeah. one. If people need to yeah. hear something. Yeah. What do people need to know? If there was something, maybe not need to know is the right way to say that, but what is something that it could be that's on your heart right now, but if there's a a mantra or a message, what what do you think people really kind of feel like people need to know? What do, what do, what do people need to know? Um, You know, you know, again, I I go back to what I was even speaking about um, in in Ephesians, man, We're, we're all called and we're all uniquely equipped and there's no big, Big calling or little calling. There, there, there's effective callings, right? And, and, and that's what we want. We want, we want to be effective in the thing that God has called us to do. If He called you to speak, speak, and you speak boldly, you speak confidently. If He called you to write, write. If He called you to coach, coach. But whatever we do, we got to do those things to the glory of God. Because the thing we have to recognize and realize is that no matter no matter where you are, people are always watching you. They're always watching. And, 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 and your testimony is not what you say. Your testimony is what people see. So when they watch you, when they're watching you from afar, is, is your testimony speaking to them and connecting with them? Or is your testimony not? And if it's not, that's a problem. So understand that you are uniquely called, you're uniquely gifted. Be confident in the thing that God placed on the inside of you. And no one understand that no matter where you go, people are watching. So we want to make sure that we're doing the things that God spoke to us to do at all times. Oof, that's good stuff, man. I mean, if if y'all didn't want to go to church this Sunday, that's okay. Y'all just heard it. <laughs> you just heard it right there. That'll preach all week, man. Amen. All right, Philip, man. It's been, um, it's been awesome. I knew it would be a great. I knew I just knew this would be awesome, chock full of goodness. Um, so many positive things. Tell us where people can find you guys. Um, first and foremost, you, you need to go and subscribe to our podcast, Edge and Associates. It's actually Edge Life Seven on all of your your uh, podcasting platforms. Again, that's Edge Life Seven on all of your your podcast platforms. Please go go check us out. There's there's a lot of good stuff there. Uh, you can also check us out at uh, philipedge.org. That's Philip with two L's, philipedge.org. And then finally, Jacob mentioned this earlier. Um, our Instagram is always, as the young folks would say, popping. So uh, you, you can follow us or follow me on IG at underscore philipedge. That's P-H-I-L-L-I-P-E-D-G-E. So um, every day we try to put something on there. At the end of the day, it's about helping people to, to get to the place where they win. And I believe each other winner. So that's it. That's this good stuff, man. Yeah, I'm telling y'all, just go to their Instagram. Hey, listen, Philip doesn't have one million followers, but you should. Because <laughs> 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 there's a, there's a, it's always good stuff. There. That's what I I don't. I just uh, 
I really appreciate you coming on board with us today and just check, cutting it up, cutting it up. See, to, I get to communicate with you in ways that feel more natural to me. Amen. If that makes any sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, man. Yeah, thank you so much for, the, for coming on with us and hanging out and just sharing your story. We appreciate, I appreciate it. it. Thank you for having me. See you, man. Yeah, I love that guy. It was a great chat talking with Philip. I hadn't seen him in a little bit. I've seen him on uh, Facebook and his podcast. He's got a podcast, Edge Life 7, that he and his wife, Carrie, uh, do. Great podcast. Just a couple of positive folks that are always, um, just a positive energy is always coming from them. So check out their podcast, Edge Life 7. Uh, check out Crossover Church ATL to see what Phillips, uh, he's the executive pastor there, to see what they're doing there in that space. And you also can check out more, like Philip said, it's philipedge.org. It's Philip with two L's, philipedge.org to find out uh, what else they're up to. If there's anything that you heard in, the, in, in, just, is in his positivity is, it, again, his is another story about the journey, about we, we have this idea of what somebody is doing in a particular space, and we see where they're at today, and we forget or don't even think about the journey that that person took to get them to where they are today and then to realize that they are still on that journey. You know, a lot of these people we talk to, all of these people we, we talk to are still on in that process in life. We're still in that, that lifetime of sanctification that we're all in. It's just a journey. It's a process that we're taking step by step, day, day by day. So find encouragement. I hope you find encouragement in that, that it's just one baby step. You got to take one step in the direction that you feel called to and led to. Take one step in that direction. And no matter how small or insignificant you may think that step is, that is exactly how you you arrive at the bigness. No matter who measures that bigness, that you arrive at what God has created you for and to do. So step into it. You got to take a step. You got to take that leap of faith out into the unknown. Just take one baby step. Thank y'all so much for listening to the Love Period Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes or on Stitcher. We'll see y'all next time. Bye.